Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the White Rabbit Community Guides podcast. This is brought to you in an effort to help you discover the best parts of community and engage, participate, and share with the people that matter. If you want to connect and engage with our business community, check out our site at www.wr.community. Hey guys, welcome back. We're here with Alexandra Del Rio at Coquette Boutique in Lafayette Village. Alexandra, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor for y'all to ask me to chat today. Oh, well, we're, uh, we're trying to get community leaders to share their voice, share their story. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you started this boutique? So we started um, very small back in 2016 mm-hmm. inside of another big store. Um, and my dream was always to have my own store. And then in 2018, I got an opportunity to do a pop-up location. And once I proved to my husband that I wasn't going to bankrupt us, <laughs> um, we opened in Lafayette in May 1st of 2019. Well, right so, before COVID hit. Yes. Who would have thought that all the labor of love that we put in this place was going to come to a halt uh, in March of 2020? So how did that, how did that go? Well, uh, March, you know, February of 2020, because 2020 is a blur, We're in Vegas, my twin sister and I, which she's my assistant buyer, we shop together. We're shopping, expecting the best season yet. You know, spring, summer is usually the best season Mm -hmm. um, in history. And we were not really that aware of what was going on. And then little did I know, four weeks later, we were going to be closing uh, the shop in March 17, voluntarily, um, just because I didn't feel safe. We didn't Mm -hmm. have a lot of information. We didn't know what was going on, and I have two little ones at home and senior citizen, so I was not going to risk it. And mm-hmm. then I think five days later, the mask mandate then the stay-at-home law kind of got passed in Raleigh, so we were closed for seven weeks. Wow. So how did that, uh, so, so reopening then, how has your business grown since then? So we had to reinvent ourselves ourselves like I was not a Facebook or Instagram live sales like I never did that we rely on foot traffic yeah and um, I have I outsource my social media and she's my right hand and she's like Alexander we need to start doing live sales this is how you're going to stay open and I'm like no I don't do that I don't like it and she's like come on let's do it and if you see that first live in April to now it's like <laughs> i actually enjoy it i look forward to That's like awesome. having our lives we started doing it once a week and now we do it three times a week um but we literally have to pivot we're not an e-commerce business right. i i personally i am not an online shopper for clothing i like to try things on touch mm-hmm. things and we literally had to in 48 hours we had a website but it was kind of neglected in a way because mm-hmm. I put all my focus in the store. Mm-hmm. So we had to like literally in 48 hours put pictures, find pictures, update the website and start prepping for live sales. So mm-hmm. if anything, the lesson is that you can pivot and succeed. It's just what yeah. you put in it, like any business. Um, but going back to your question of how we have survived or made it, um, a lot of hard work. Like we run it very thin here and our focus is the customers and Mm -hmm. when they come in they get treated like royalty like they're our number one concern and everybody in the store does that like that's how we just train everybody Mm -hmm. because that's i give people what i want to get 
And you said that you were primarily focused on foot traffic, and yes. obviously that changed in the last year. So um, I guess like maybe before all the shutdowns, what percentage of your sales was coming from like foot traffic versus today? Um, so like you had a percent that was foot traffic and a percent that was online, and now what does that look like today? So I will say that during COVID, before COVID, 95% of my revenue was foot traffic. Like, again, I am not, I didn't sell on Facebook or Instagram and our website was very neglected. Um, during COVID, 100% of the sales, I would say seven weeks that we were shut down, 100% of the revenue came from live sales in the website. And then once we were able to open on May 4th of 2020, I would say that it was 50-50. Uh, people were still very like, eh, we want to see it on you, but we're not ready to go into the store. Mm -hmm. Now, I would say that we are back to 75% food traffic um, and 25% revenue live sales and online. Mm -hmm. Like that's just, um, it's the experience. I think that's what differentiates us from other businesses. You know, I'm very unique. I, I strive for that. Yeah. I look for unique items, things that we only sell my style is different. So you come here for the uniqueness, but also for the customer service experience. That's just, I think that's what differentiates us from other businesses. Right, so a lot of your customers are repeat customers then. Yes. So you're really building a community of customers. Yes, so the couch that we're sitting right now, this wasn't here before, <laughs> um, but during COVID, people would, uh, you know, some of our customers would come, we would chat for three, two, three hours, and I'm like, okay, I definitely have to put it in my to-do list. I need to find a couch because standing yeah. for two, three hours, you're just like, oh my gosh, you're not moving. Yeah. You know, you're just chatting and very engaged. So that was always the thing. It's like a safe place, a community where people can come. And it's, I, whatever you say here, it's like, okay, we discuss it, da, 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 and then it's done. Like it doesn't go any further. I don't repeat it. So I feel like people have that trust. So this is kind of really like cool. the confession couch where people, we just sit down <laughs> and a lot of the customers now have become my friends and, and, you know, I bend, they bend, we all bend. So if anything, I don't want to say that COVID was a good thing for my business, but if we take out all the tragic, it was good that we created a stronger community. And, and that is something that I'm kind of grateful for this quarantine time. Mm -hmm. um, it just forced us to, to engage more. Mm -hmm. We were looking for that connection. And do you have any like partner organizations that you've been able to like maybe put on like an annual event with or anything seasonal? So right now we partner with Care Plastics and they partner with Interact of Wake County, which is uh, an organization here in Wake County for domestic abuse victims. And uh, we give them 100% of the proceeds that we sell from the mask. Oh, wow. um, we have some facial masks that are, you know, really pretty. Um, sick, sick wind uh, mask, and we give them 100% of the proceeds. And I know care also takes care of them. So we find ways to give back. The food bank has always been like, uh, that's my charity of choice. Mm -hmm. um, so I do give proceeds to them too, as well as personal donation. Mm -hmm. I even, back in the day, before COVID, I donated my time on Fridays. Like I would go mm -hmm. there and sort to the food and help. Mm -hmm. So those are my two charities. Food Bank has always been personally my favorite um, because starvation is a real thing in kids mm -hmm. and seniors here in North Carolina. But Interact, you know, we're helping victims mm -hmm. of domestic abuse. So that's what I'm doing these days. 
Yeah, no, that's great that you uh, were able to get involved with those guys. Um, and when it comes to um, your customers, are you always interacting in this store? Like you don't have any, um, like, what do they call it, catwalk events or anything like that to show off some of your favorite pieces? So it's, it's all here or we do pop-ups. So like now that, you know, we are open for business, we've been doing pop-ups and that's, um, we have gained a few um, new customers that have been great. So it's, I, I'm always, I always treat people like, yes, you're a customer first, I get to know you, and then we kind of become acquaintances. And I will tell you that I have like five, six ladies that I consider my friends. Mm-hmm. That, you know, once we're all comfortable, we will go for dinner and drinks. That's, mm-hmm. you know, or, or coffee. But that's just how we do it. The Village, Lafayette is starting to do events. So a lot of people are coming um, out for those events. Yeah, it definitely is. We're getting more into the summer. That's going to be uh, more prevalent. Yeah. You have a very unique aesthetic. How did you get into the fashion industry? So fashion has always been part of my life. Like I remember my grandmother, which she is a huge influencer in my fashion life. She used to sell clothing out of her trunk. I'm talking 30 years ago, you know, before Macy's and all that and before, you know, uh, credit cards took over our lives. And I remember Mm -hmm. she would go to like different buildings where she knew people and she would sell clothing. And you know, even at today she's 86 and that lady has a sense of style that is classic and timeless. And you know, she is my muse. Like that's where I learned clothing from, you know, very petite lady and and that was her jam. And and she did it really well and people trusted her. And I feel like that's how I grew up. I would see all these customers around our trunk and, and, and they trusted her judgment. They trusted, mm. you know, when she said that looks good or doesn't. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's that's been the biggest influence in my life. And, of course, you know, my twin sister, she, you know, she was a model when she was younger. And, yeah. and you know, we were always being very into fashion. But I went to school for marketing and accounting. So, <laughs> you know, I am, I'm an accountant. That's what I have done, you know, since I was 22. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like. I'm targeting the two sides of my head, like the number and then the creative side. So, mm-hmm. well, it's definitely rubbed off. We're surrounded by just a lot of beautiful pieces, and I, I, I was wondering, like, so what percentage of the people who are shopping online or using the online store are people who have been in here? Um, not that many. Really, I feel like a lot of the customers that are local um, will look at our social media mm-hmm. and they will order from there. Um, I feel like the website sometimes is just like a showcase. Like you can go and see like all the pictures and then they'll set, this is the relationship I have created. They'll send me a DM and be like, oh, that pink top, I wanted in a medium. Like they could go through the channels of the website, right. but they will um, right. send me a DM like with screenshots of the website, which is the <laughs> yeah. interesting thing. Um, one good friend now, she found me last summer through my website. She placed an order and then after that, we have created this relationship, but she'll send me screenshots of what she wants. So the website is more like you're showcasing what you have because we put more pictures, we tell you fit, and then they'll just screenshot it and send me a DM with it. So it's just interesting how we use, you know, social media these days. Mm -hmm. So you said um, you were an accountant by training. Mm -hmm. So do you have like, do you have a partner that does kind of more the creative side and you're doing more of the business side or do you really balance them both? Mm-hmm. Um, how, do, how does that work? Are you, so, the sole, are you a sole proprietor? Uh, with my husband. Okay. Yes. 
So this is our business. Um, he's the silent partner. I do everything else. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, I'm part of this uh, group of ladies of like 10,000 boutiques in the United States. And um, the owner, the mentor said, do what you do best and outsource the rest. Um, and mm -hmm. that is like, I could tattoo that in my chest because I know social media, I depend solely on social media, right? Like people see the picture and if they like, you have like three seconds for somebody to be like, Ooh, I need to go to that place. But I dragged and hated the feeling of not being organized. Like I struggle with it till today. Like I'm procrastinator by nature, but that feeling of like, oh, I need to post something and coming up with the, the phrase and stuff, mm -hmm. that would kill me. Like that would kill my joy. So two years ago, I made the decision to hire Allison. Um, and she's been the best thing ever because she does all the planning and I still can go behind scenes and see what's been posted, mm -hmm. but I don't have to do it. And that is one of the aspects of my business that I drag the most. However, every email, every DM will be answered by me. That is something that I'm not giving up control. Call me control freak. But that is the only way that I know that everybody's getting answered and, and you know, in and, and the best way possible. So customer service, that is me, 300%. And then I have some, you know, um, some of my ladies that they run the floor and they help me with other aspects of it. But pretty much I wake up and I said, okay, this is what we're going to do this week. So how many uh, people are working for Coquette right now? Three. Okay. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that's very... It's a team of four. Yeah, that's tight. Tight shit. Yes. And I feel like that's how we were able to survive um, during this time because we didn't yeah. qualify for PPP. Like, we didn't qualify for anything. So, pretty much, you just have to do with what you're given. Mm -hmm. and, and I have never worked so hard in my life. Never. But it's just so uh, gratifying to see the results right now. Yeah. Yeah. Have you like yes. shaken up the business model at all then? As far as like, uh, I think you said, did you say that you were closed last on Saturdays and Mondays? So we're closed on Sundays and Mondays. Sundays and Mondays. Um, we were open before Sundays, 12 to 4 or 1 to 5, can't remember. 2020 is a blur. <laughs> um, but one thing I realized with COVID is people will show up. Anybody that wants to support you and they like your product, obviously you have to be accommodating. Like we close at five, but if somebody texts me, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm on my way there. I will wait for them. Like, mm -hmm. it's not like I'm close at five and that's it. Oh, wow. um, but I think like our hours work. We, I, I stay here after five sometimes and there's nobody. Mm -hmm. So I make the choice and I hope that anybody that is listening understands. I make the choice to be a mom and leave here so I can be with my kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and that's just how it is. But we're close on Sundays by appointment only, and that worked really well. Um, and it's working really well during pandemia. Uh, people like having that uh, personal shopping experience, yeah. and we give them two to three hours, and they can shop, you know, on their own in the store with one of us as their, you know, as their stylist. So oh, that's really cool. Wow. So, so people some like of you're that. Really building that strong sense of community yes. here in Lafayette. And we do parties after hours on Tuesdays and Thursdays, oh, and. Wow. You know, for two hours, we give you the bubbles and the little light apps. You bring three or more of your girlfriends and you shop. The store is for you. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's Private little parties. Cool. So yeah. it's it's that way everybody feels safe. Mm -hmm. um, we all feel safe. I think it's it's a pretty tight, neat community. Um, do, you, and, do you work with somebody else in Lafayette for those after-hour parties? Mm -mm. Oh, you just do it all in-house too? Yes. Mm -hmm. 
it's 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 interesting how um, you want to work with other people, but they're not always open and willing, and that's okay. We all not have the same bandwidth. It's mm-hmm. so you do what you you know you do what you can do, and I have also learned um, in the past two years that something is better than nothing. Yes. And sometimes we don't want to do it because it's not perfect, but whoever is in the outside doesn't know what perfect looks like. Yeah. They see something done, yes. and for them, that's beautiful. But maybe for you, it's not. But for them, it's like, oh, my gosh. So something is better than nothing. Yeah, I love that you're doing the Facebook Live and the and the, the live sales. That's really cool. That's that's a popular hit. So yeah. it, it works for us, and we're keeping it. And you said your business is kind of cyclical. Um, you said, like, spring, summer is the so, hot season. So spring, fall, is different. like, I will say from March to June, it's, like, crazy busy. Um, and then July, we take a little dip. First couple weeks of August, you know, people are going back to school. And I will say third week of August till December 23rd, it's nonstop. Hmm. So third of August to December. Like the third week right? of August till, because it's yeah. like the beginning of people are prepping for fourth quarter. Like mm. I was amazed when I first was here in Lafayette that people in August and September were looking for Christmas gifts. I'm like, what do you mean Christmas gifts? Like, oh yeah, we need stocking stuffers because by the time that we get to Christmas, there's nothing left. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this year, because we have this fear of not getting goods, I feel like people are going to rush more to shop. Mm-hmm. that I have seen it like I've seen other boutiques hoarding clothing like they will shop till they drop because they're afraid that we're not going to get any goods mm-hmm. I don't have that type of budget my open to buy plan is very tight so mm-hmm. I don't like doing that I actually like going to market at least two times a year but I know of a lot of their businesses that they'll buy till they drop because that fear so if that's the fear that we have as retailers. I can only imagine the people looking for goods. So how many months of inventory do you keep? Like, do you try to be like one quarter, two quarter out? We do, right now we're doing three months. So okay, like when quarter. I went to Atlanta in April, I bought for May, June, July. And okay. then mm-hmm. I'm going to Vegas in August, God willing, and we'll shop for August, September, October, and probably we'll see what they have for the holiday season and then if time permits, maybe in October I'll escape to be, uh, Atlanta and mm. see if they have something that I miss in Vegas. So is that constrained by finances, or is that because the fashion industry is so uh, like churning? Because there's always like new styles coming in, right? So you don't really want to buy like maybe nine months out because there might be a totally different cultural shift. Yes, and, and a lot of, of the obsolete. and a lot of the design or a lot of the vendors don't have like that far in advance. This is Mm -hmm. the first year I went in February, October of last year, I went to Atlanta for the first time. They had spring. It's the first time that's so early in the game, they're like a season ahead. But I feel it's because they also had that fear that they were not going to be able to get merchandise. Mm -hmm. So like I placed my first fall order in April. I have never done that, but I liked the the vendor. And I was like, hmm, what happened if that sweater is not available and I want it? So, but no, I do it because fashion changes and I like touching the clothing, trying it on, seeing it. And it's okay for me to go every three months to market. Mm -hmm. And the way that I do it is very cost effective for me. I fly out at 6 a.m. to Atlanta and I come back in the latest flight. Mm -hmm. I go with a list of things that I want to see, want to hit vendors I want to see. Like when I go there, it's for business. Mm -hmm. 
and 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 it works for me by the end of the day i'm getting older it hurts a little bit but that's just how i do it vegas is different you need like at least one day before two days to shop and one day to leave so mm-hmm. but that's we do it every three months i think mm-hmm. i've been doing it every three months and that's not standard because that's pretty standard for the industry to buy one season at a time uh i know people that they go to every market and there's oh. like 10 markets a year um i just pick my style like i'm always looking for that next best seller that represents me and the brand Mm -hmm. um i always have said it what when i shop for the store i shop with me in mind Mm -hmm. i am the ideal customer Mm -hmm. a mom that likes to look good but still comfy and kind of budget conscientious Mm -hmm. when i shop so that's why i like going to market because i want to get excited about the clothing that's the only way that I can sell it if I really like it. So there's some keywords to describe your style. My style, um, definitely, I like elegant, classic, yet kind of hip and comfy. Mm-hmm. I would say, um, like I, I still like sexy, not you know like super sexy because I'm not in my twenties anymore. <laughs> not that age is an issue, but you know what I mean, like. It's I like edgy pieces, but nothing too crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, just things that people can relate to. Like I was amazed yeah. that you know, not amazed. I love the top, but we sold out of that white top that we have behind. Mm-hmm. I loved it when I saw it, and I was like, "Ooh, this is on the pricier side," and that is the one that everybody on Saturday wanted. Mm-hmm. So it, it just, I, I, I think it's. I'm not conceited. I'm a very humble girl but i feel like i have a good eye and and in the clothing it's like you know would i wear it and if so how many ways can i wear it mm-hmm. that's how I, I that's how i go for clothing like mm-hmm. what can you do with this piece i like things that you can do a few things with it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll kick it back to sam after this but um that's funny that you're talking about this lace white piece that's a little pricier but more popular um there's a similar phenomenon with jewelry where um I think I think the book was um, Influence, and or or it might have been a book called Negotiation. But basically, this manager leaves a note um, for, or this owner leaves a note for the manager saying, "Hey, um, these products aren't selling. Um, de- you know, put them on a fifty percent sale." And the manager misread it, and he increased all the prices by fifty percent, and sales went up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those are. I think an. I'm an econ nerd. I think those are called Goffin goods as as they become scarcer, or rather, sorry, as they as they become more expensive, they actually have more demand, which is strange because you'd expect that the more expensive stuff it becomes, the less popular it is. But there's some, there's some niche goods in there, like I suppose fashion. And luxury, I will agree with jewelry. you 300%. I feel like I'm price fair. Um, like I look at a top and, and I'll be like, would I pay this? You know, and, and, and that's really what it goes down to. Like, is, is there value perceived, right? Because mm-hmm. we always want to, like, have that in, in what we sell. But I we did a sale last year, and what you're saying is exactly the same. I had, like, maybe 10 of my VIPs DM me and be like, we're done with the sale. Like, let's move to new arrivals. I was like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, I, I'm trying to give it to you. Like, if you didn't get it when it was regular price, but you were thinking about it, literally, they were saying, we're done. Like, can we move on? I'm like, well, let's give an opportunity to new customers. We're done. And I'm like, okay. I put a sale, and 
people don't run. Like that is just, you know, you have the transient person because this is the walkable plaza. So we, before COVID, we never had sales just twice a year. And we did a couple detail, like big warehouse sales shows up in downtown. They were very popular. That's where we would like pretty much just detach of our clothing. Um, COVID hits. Okay. What do I do with that stuff that doesn't sell or we have one left? Let's leave our wraps. It's pretty much transient people. Mm-hmm. My customers, they buy it when they see it and they want it and that's it. So... I think it has a lot to do with like the, the mindset of people. If for some people, if it's on sale, something is wrong with it. Mm-hmm. For some people, they're looking for that sale. So right yeah. now, how I pivot, I'm catering to both. If somebody walks through that door and I say, oh my gosh, that rack over there is 50% and that one over there is 10 to 30, there's people that will just stay on those two racks. Mm-hmm. They will not look at the store and that's okay. I don't see them as less or anything because if I put it there, it's because I want you to buy it. It doesn't matter if it's 50% or $10. Like it's like when you go to a restaurant with a coupon and when the server sees you that you're taking out the coupon, they already give you the stink eye. I'm not like that. If I put it on sale, it's because I want somebody to take it home. That's just, Mm -hmm. but there's those two customers for sure. That perceived value of like, Ooh, it's 50% off. Something is wrong with it. But I did hear yeah. about that, about, it was, a, uh, um, oh my gosh, the turquoise uh, stone yeah. Yeah. And, and the jewelry about the, the price and out of the blue, the owner comes and the whole case is gone. Yeah. And they were like, what happened? And yeah. she's like, well, you told me to do it 50% more. And he was like, no, less. <laughs> well, they're all gone and people want it more. So it's mm-hmm. that perceived value for sure. Price mm-hmm. is supposed to communicate that. So if you want something expensive. Yeah, and I tell you, like all our best sellers from Saturday, it's our upper line. Mm-hmm. And, and and that is just interesting. Granted, you know, it's better, not better quality, but you can see the lace and it has more detail, but that's all we sold on Saturday. Yeah. So do you see people walking around? You said this is a walkable plaza. Mm-hmm. I love Lafayette Village for that very reason that you can just sort of peruse. Do you see people walk around with your stuff on and be like, hey, that, that was in my shop the other day. So, or like when they walk that in, I'm like, cool. oh, that's a good looking top. And they're like, I got it here. And I'm like, oh, I know. Um, back for we more. do. And when you see them like walking with like the pink tissue paper and the clear bag, you know that they were here. Um, it, it is a great feeling. Like I know my pieces are unique and I could be in a restaurant and I see a dress and I'm like, ooh, I don't even have to see the face of the customer. I see the dress and then they turn and I'm like, I knew it was you. You're wearing it. it it's, it's a nice feeling. It's definitely a nice feeling. That means that I'm connecting, um, that people want to come back. Awesome. So so one of the efforts we're doing with White Rabbit is to connect physical businesses with an online community. So we have a Facebook group called North Raleigh Shopping Events and Community. So if you're listening, you can go check that out, and we'll be linking in Coquette Boutique. You can also check them out on Facebook at Coquette Boutique Raleigh. Is Coquette it? Boutique NC. NC, okay. Mm-hmm. Check them out there. The link will be in the description as well. And Alex, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. Thank you so much for having me. Like, again, my first podcast, I was a little bit nervous this morning. But, That's all right. You know? <laughs> I think I think everybody is when they come on for the first time, but you, you did great. And- this is what we do. Like, you know, it's we love helping people. And, and women come shop alone. Yeah. And they want that connection, but they also want that honest opinion. Yeah. Like, a lot of ladies, it's like, oh, you were not in the store. I didn't try it on. I'm like, no. 
all the girls know, I rather have, I call it responsible sale. I want you to be honest. If something doesn't look good, don't do the sale. Because mm-hmm. they get home and their partner is going to tell them it didn't look good or a friend is going to tell her, what were you thinking? So it's, we're, we're here to, to serve people, make them feel pretty and special. You're like a personal stylist for people. Yes. Like that's, yeah. I, I like it when they walk out of that fitting room and we're like, <gasps> and they're like, okay, this is a must have. Like yeah. I like giving people that light, that mm-hmm. joy. Because, you know, people don't shop because they have to. They do it because they want to. Mm-hmm. So them coming to me, that is already a gift to me. Yeah. Because they have many places to pick, and they pick us. Mm-hmm. So that always makes me happy. Well, it sounds like you're doing a lot of awesome stuff uh, on Facebook try. and with your, your, your charity <laughs> as well. We try. Yeah. So, uh, guys, check her out on Facebook, and we'll catch you next episode. Thank you. Thank you.